0: Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So, today was... The the plan was to start talking about the Bears, but um, you know how I be. I get a thought in my head, and I want to start exploring it, and um, because I haven't fully explored it, I guess we're just going to kind of do it live. And because of that, I don't know how long this is going to take. But here is essentially my thought process. I have kind of scoffed at the thought that, um, you know, you know Filippo, for example, with Coach, and I know Coach is getting to the point where it's starting to get, you know, all right, we've heard it all, but let me just explore this for a minute. The problem with De Filippo, as I've said, is that you have an offense that added pieces and got worse. We got an early dance party, folks. I hope you're ready for it. Mmm. get you fired up. Like a little DJ Galaxy. But they they didn't even meet expectations and I think that's kind of the biggest thing. You know, we talk about how it's hard to gauge how good of a job somebody did. You know, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and they're talking about should the Lions fire their head coach and it's like, well, Granted, the Lions aren't good, but it's been one year. We don't really know if it's his fault, or if it's the player's fault, or we don't really know what's going on. We need more time to kind of assess things, because there's just too many variables. But at the very least, there, there's a level of expectation. If you look at the Vikings, they, they didn't even meet, much less exceed expectations. They fell short of expectations. So it's not just a matter of, because before, the the first time I did this coaching thing, I just looked at better or worse right the Todd Haley was a good option because everywhere he went the team got better and that stayed true when he went to the Cleveland Browns they did get better the the one giant caveat is everywhere he every time he got hired there were some massive additions the Browns yeah the, he made the brown the Browns got better when he went there but they also got Baker Mayfield All right there were several other teams that he got hired on as soon as the head or the uh, quarterbacks got brought on and he came in with new head coaches so there's an overturning plus a lot of the teams were really bad before he got there so getting them from like 31st to 27th or 15th or whatever isn't necessarily the hardest thing but beyond just better or worse without regard to the players I want to kind of take it from the other standpoint and say based on the players based on what I believe you should be doing how did you do and I really am upset that I didn't do a better job of um, you know, monitoring my thoughts preseason, because I, it's going to be kind of hard to explore all these different teams. But the first thing that popped out to me was the Miami Dolphins. And it was the reason why I wanted to start exploring this, because as I look at the Miami Dolphins, I remember thinking to myself, they're not going to win a single game this year. And I kind of just took that as, well, I guess I was wrong, you know, it happens, whatever. But Okay, maybe I was wrong a little bit, but I'm not wrong about the fact that their players were horrible. They didn't have offense. They didn't have defense. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have wide receivers. They have nothing, but that nothing is starting to play kind of well and starting to play kind of whatever, so I find that interesting. A team that I thought was going to get, be getting the first pick in the draft and I didn't know was going to win a single game is now 7-6, and six. two games behind the New England Patriots. That's interesting. In fact, they just beat the Patriots. Now, I want to use pro football focus a little bit as a, as a reference and also pro f- football reference as a reference, just as far as ranking, but also grading. So ranking is, you know, you were 28th, but now you're 15th, and that's good, but it's also relative, right? The Bears are the best defense, but as I said, if this was 2017, they'd be maybe the best, but they'd be one of like six, and I don't know that it, they'd even be the best. So it's relative. So that's also why I want to pull in pro football focus, because if you're a 70, you're a 70. It doesn't matter if it's 2018, 2014, 2012. It's just a matter of how well did you play. Well, maybe a little relative. It depends who you're playing against. But whatever. We're not going to get too crazy with it. The first person that I would personally look at, and I know a lot of people probably aren't very interested in this, but it would be Mr. Adam Gase. And again, I know the Dolphins aren't good. I get that. But what I'm looking at, as opposed to how successful are you, because success has a lot to do with the players, how successful are you compared to the talent you have on your team? Adam Gase has gone 10-6, and 6-10, and 10. he's now 7-6, and 6. who knows what's going to happen with this team. They could have another 10-win season, 9-win, whatever. I think in this case, the biggest reason I like him over his coordinators, um, not just because of his name and his reputation, he was the offensive coordinator for the Broncos back in 13, 14, whatever, when they were pretty hot. He was, you know, we, we probably remember him when he came over to the Bears. The Bears weren't very good, but it's the Bears. He came over, the their offensive rank was the same, same in, in yards, same in, in points. They didn't move the needle at all. And then after that one year, he went and got a head coaching job with Miami. He's got an extensive history before that, quarterback, coach, wide receiver, coach, whatever. He's only 40 years old, but the biggest thing that I'm looking at in Miami is the fact that I don't think, I, I can't point to his coordinators because they're the offense isn't good. Dowell Loggins, who was also offensive coordinator for the Bears, he took over after Gase left. But I don't think the offense is good. I don't think they grade out very well. I don't think their stats are very good. You look at the defense, same situation. Defense isn't good. So why do I like them? Because they're winning. They don't have good players. They don't have good stats. They don't have good grades on pro football focus. But the coach gets them ready to play, gets the team ready to play, gets the team motivated, puts together a good game plan, and they execute, and they win. On the flip side, you have teams like the Green Bay Packers, for example, who have a lot more talent than the Dolphins and are five-seven and one. The New York Giants have more talent than the Dolphins; they're five and eight. The Bengals have more talent than the Dolphins; they're five and eight. I mean, if we just look at Pro Football Focus, for example, the first—if you just—if you just look at overall grade and look from first to thirty-second, if—if you start at the bottom and work your way all the way up until you get to a seven win team not including the Miami Dolphins you get all the way up to 18 at the Baltimore Ravens at 7 and 6 the Giants are 5 and 8 the Panthers are 6 and 7 Lions 5 and 8 Jets 4 and 9 Buccaneers 5 and 8 Bengals 5 and 8 Jaguars 4 and 9 Redskins 6 and 7 Browns 5 7 and 1 all those teams graded as better than the Dolphins then you get to 28th the Dolphins 7 and 6 the only teams that are worse than them, you know what they're that are graded out worse, you know what their record is? Three and ten, three and ten, four and nine, three and ten. The Dolphins are clearly an outlier here. And I stand vindicated in the fact that their team is trash. I was wrong about them winning and losing, that they were gonna lose all their games. I'm not wrong about them being a really bad football team, but this is a really bad football team that just keeps winning. I find that interesting. The other outlier from the other perspective is the Green Bay Packers. If you look at the teams better than the Packers their records 9 and 4, 7 and 6, 9 and 4, 10 and 3, 11 and 2, 9 and 4, 11 and 2, 11 and 2. Packers 5 7 and 1. Our grade is is 8th, tied with the Houston Texans. That's overall grade looking at our our offensive line with David Bakhtiari with with our center with with Brian Balaga, with Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams with Aaron Jones. With Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels and Jair Alexander, they're looking at all that talent. It comes together into a grade, and they're saying this is the 8th best team in the NFL. Oh, but they're 5'7 and 1. The other thing that's interesting, this is going a little differently than I expected. This is pretty interesting as well. The 2017 Arizona Cardinals. Now, I was wrong about the Cardinals as well, but I wasn't paying attention to this. This is another area where if I was paying more attention to pro football focus, I could have told you the future. I said the Arizona Cardinals are going to be a good football team. Because I was looking at last year and I saw their production and I saw that they were, had a lot of players that were hurt last year and those guys were coming back. Just watch, they're going to be really good. They were an eight and eight football team. They were graded twenty eighth. The teams that were worse than the Cardinals: the Texans at four and twelve, Jets five and eleven, Cleveland Browns zero and sixteen. The Giants were graded higher than them: three and thirteen, six and ten, four and twelve, five and eleven, seven and nine, seven and nine, six and ten. the The only team with a better record is the Buffalo Bills. At 21st, the Arizona Cardinals were an outlier. They were playing a lot better than the talent that they had. That was a credit to their their coach, who is now gone. And he's a guy that a lot of people want to call, but nobody wants to talk about Adam Gase. And he, even I get a little sick feeling in my stomach because it's just a name that it's like, yeah I don't know. right? Because he, he came to Chicago and he was supposed to be a guru, right? He was going to be Matt Nagy. Ooh, Adam Gase. He's going to be real good. Gase. And then the Bears just were not good again because they don't have talent, they still don't have a good offense. And then Gase goes to Miami, and it's, ooh, Gase. And then Miami's not good, and it's like, ha, 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 Gase is no good. He's going where there's trash. Remember, he also was the offensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos. So the question, again, is, does he elevate the team and the players above their potential? That's what we need. We are playing under our potential. If the Green Bay Packers have the talent... The 8th best talent in the NFL, and they're playing, their record is, they're playing like they're 19th, so if you just sort by record. So they're the 8th best team playing like they're the 19th best. What if we were the 8th best playing like we were the 4th best? Wouldn't that be better? Again, we want to elevate. Sorry, I was looking at 2017. Uh, 22nd is where we're ranked. So we're the 8th best team in terms of talent. Our record has us 22nd. So that's called underperforming. The Dolphins in terms of talent, 28th. In terms of their record, they are 12th. That's really 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 impressive. And again, we can maybe look at coordinators, but what what It, it, it Gase just makes sense. What why why would we care about the offensive coordinator when the offense isn't really doing very well? They're their, their offense is ranked 22nd in points, 29th in yards. Their defense is 26th in points, 29th in yards. But they're winning. Then <laughs> yeah, they beat up on a couple bad teams because they're in the uh, AFC East, so they beat the Bills. They beat the, uh, the I don't know, I'm look, trying to find a bad team here. Beat the Jets. Um, they beat the Raiders and the Jets again. They also beat the Titans. They beat the Bears. They... Um, they beat the Patriots. So let me put it another way. If we don't hire Adam Gase, that's fine. But if the Miami Dolphins do what the Arizona Cardinals did, which they didn't do anything, the, the head coach retired, but let's say they decide to fire Adam Gase, expect the Miami Dolphins to play like the 28th best team as opposed to the 12th best team like they're playing right now. If you look, for example, at the Chargers, you could... Some people might make the case for the Chargers and say, oh, we got to look at them, look how they're producing. I think the Chargers have been underperforming for several years. This is nothing more than the Chargers playing up to their potential, finally. I think the Chargers are a better team than the Chiefs. Now, they're graded out almost exactly the same, but I'm going to stand on my, my assessment anyways, even though they're graded slightly lower. The Chargers have a quarterback. The Chargers have a wide receiver. Even if you want to say Mahomes is better than Rivers, I don't care. Rivers is playing phenomenally this year. They have a very, very good quarterback. They also have Keenan Allen as a number one wide receiver. They also have Melvin Gordon as a running back. They also have Ingram and Bosa and King and Hayward and Derwin and Adai. They have a much better defense, some serious pieces. And by the way, Desmond King, man, I wish I had a podcast and had more draft takes because... I, he's just one of those guys that I watched, and I was like, I don't know why everybody doesn't like him. And then every time somebody talked about King, they talked about Kevin King, and I went and watched Kevin King, and I'm like, eh. I mean, I guess, but I think Desmond is better, but they're like, oh, that's that Iowa guy. He's like a third, fourth-round guy. I don't care about him. I'm like, really? I feel like he's really good. Vindication. Nobody knows, nobody cares because nobody heard me say it, but I still feel vindicated. Sometimes I'm just right about stuff, man. A lot of times I'm wrong, but sometimes I'm right, which is different than everybody else in all of existence. Anyways, it is actually somewhat interesting to see, you know, as, as I started this exercise wanting to look at, you know, who the outliers were. There's not a lot. I mean, it's if you look at the records, it's, it's almost perfectly lined up with how good the team is, which brings you back to most of the time, I think it's just talent. And I think it really is a lot of times. There are some outliers, but not a ton. For example, the Colts are an outlier based on where their grade is they should be way up here in the 9 and 4 range they're currently 7 and 6 they're underperforming now the colts are a team that everybody see and that's that's the that's the cool thing that I like about this experiment because it depends how you're looking at it a lot of people look at the colts and they say look what they were last year look what they are this year they've improved they got their new head coach head coach is obviously doing a fantastic job this is a different way of looking at it they got their their quarterback back and then you look at the overall play of their players and you say okay based on the talent how good should they be well everything if you just sort by everybody's grade actually if i just sort by record and i look at grade there are some teams that are out of line here the philadelphia eagles are not where they're supposed to be they should also be about 9 and 4 minnesota vikings should be 9 and 4 denver broncos are in that 8 and 5 9 and 4 territory they're six and seven these are teams that you look at and you say something's wrong with this team outside of the players they're underperforming green bay packers eight and five nine and four team right one of the biggest outliers maybe the atlanta falcons atlanta falcons should be up here in the seven and six territory they're down here at four and nine another kind of outlier as much as it seems silly the buffalo bills they're 4-9. The worst teams in the NFL are 3-10, and 10, so it doesn't really make sense. But as far as their grade is concerned, they should be as bad as the Arizona Cardinals, and they're just not. They're, they're graded out as basically the worst team in the NFL. But they don't play that way. They're close, but they don't play that way. Especially when you factor in the issues they've had at quarterback. If they can get their rookie to kind of just stay on the field and develop a little bit, they should be a two, maybe three-win team. Again, I understand it's not that big of a difference. Okay, it's four. That's basically, you know, probably one field goal somewhere. I'm just saying. The other thing that's neat, even though, again, this took a different turn than I expected. I wanted to look at more coaches, but it's just a different way for me to look at things, which is always awesome. The other thing that's very encouraging, teams like the Falcons, teams like the Packers should be looking at this and saying, you guys are, you know, a head coach away. And it's, it's not even so much we need to hit on a really good one and what i've been saying before where it's like we really got to hit on some draft picks even though we do right if you want to be if you want to be up there with the rams and the saints and the chiefs and the chargers we're talking next level right if if we just get a a a decent head coach then we bump ourselves up to where we should be which is in that 9 and 4 category if we want to be an 11 win team we're talking we need a really good coach we need some really good players but as far as being encouraging here if we just get a mediocre coach, like, in other words, if we don't have coaches that promote losing, as weird as that sounds, that cause us to underperform because of some kind of a bad relationship, right? Whatever happened with McCarthy, whatever the problem was, I don't care. The team was underperforming. Now, here's another interesting thing to look at. Mike McCarthy's gone, right? Since Mike McCarthy's left, we won a game. It wasn't super pretty wasn't the greatest thing in the world. But just think about what I just said. If we just get a mediocre coach that can just just be like at zero, right? In other words, it's not below average, it's not above average, he's just average. Meaning if we can just get the players to play at the level that they're able to play at, this is potentially a team that just jumped from 22nd to 8th. As as weird Because again, based on their talent, we should be the 8th best team in the NFL. We're playing like the 22nd best team. Why is that interesting now? And again, I I don't want to give you false hope because things do not look good right now, but the 8th best team can beat the Bears, who are the 6th best team. That's not impossible. The 8th best team should certainly be able to beat the 22nd best team, the New York Jets, as well as the 21st best team, the Detroit Lions. That should absolutely be within our wheelhouse. If we are, in fact, just playing up to our potential. I'm not talking about some superhuman feat. I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers making a declaration and this team just going off the charts. I'm just talking about start playing like you should be playing. And really, it's not that that hard, big of a stretch because a lot of times we look at it, right? what happens on the first series? The Packers drive down the field, get a touchdown like it's nothing. Why? Because they're pretty good. That's why. You look at the defense. They can shut a team down for a half. No problem. You can't do anything. Boom. Game over. But then they start to get handcuffed. You start to see silly nonsense. Like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? It's that whole thing like with Brian Gutekunst, even though I'm talking about McCarthy now, where it's like, tie the shoelaces together and tell him to run. That was what felt like Mike McCarthy was doing all year. If Philbin just doesn't tie the shoelaces together and sits back in a chair somewhere and is like, you know, he looks at his sheet and all he says into his microphone is, I don't know, man, make it work. You know, and he's got his hand by his little radio so that the TV catches him saying something, and it looks like he's taking calls, but really, he's just, like, he's got, like, a joke book on his chart there, and he's just, like, calling in jokes. All right, Rogers, it's uh, 3rd and 10. You ready? Here's what I got for you. Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Great food, no atmosphere. (laughs) kills me. (laughs) Oh, Ah, good luck out there, buddy. That's our best chance of winning, I think, right there. Something else, if, if we kind of take this to the next level here. I have made statements and haven't really been able to back them up other than just it's my observation. It's my podcast, my observation. That's just law as far as, as long as we're here. But let's try to make a case, shall we? I had made the case that I think Mike Pettin is doing a pretty good job. I think that they are exceeding expectations. Let's take a look at that. The, the, the current rank of the defense, just based on statistics, and again, we're, we're talking about compared to, you know, everybody else, but 17th in points, 16th in yards. They're graded as the 19th best um, defense. So it's not a huge leap, but in other words, the production is better than the talent. Let's look at the offense now. The offense is graded, as in looking at all the talent, as 6th, 6th. Have you been watching the 6th best offense in the NFL? By the way, the Atlanta Falcons are right behind them at 8th. It's, it's right behind them because Colts and Packers are both 6th. It's a tie. So the next bet... <laughs> Falcons-Packers are graded out as two of the best offenses in the NFL. They play like Browns-Jets. Or Bills-Jets, maybe now. I gotta change my, my thinking. But what about the statistics? On offense, 15th in points, 11th in yards. Underperforming. So if Mike Patton has the ability to elevate our defense, that's a situation where you look at it and say, okay, let's go get the man player, something we've kind of been saying along to, all along anyways. In offense, we still need players as well, but if I'm just assessing based on my new way of thinking, not saying this is a law or this is the only way to think, there's a lot of variables, a lot of factors, a lot of different ways to look at things, but if I had to look at it The offense needs a new direction in terms of an offensive coordinator, in terms of a head coach. They need a new message. They need to be unleashed because the talent is there. Maybe not quite enough, but the talent is there. Defense, we have a defensive coordinator that can elevate the talent, but he's got the 19th best team in terms of talent on defense. If we can get the talent level up to 10th, and he can push that up to 7th, Meanwhile, we have an offense that's already 6th. I mean, this is this is we're talking we're talking easily Super Bowl contenders. But we need more talent on defense. We need better direction on offense. Now, the interesting thing here, if we look at it on a week-by-week basis, we can look at it and say, well, look how we did against the Falcons. Maybe Philbin is kind of a decent answer. That was according to Pro Football Focus the worst definitively, because I kind of said it before, but I didn't look it up, the worst offensive performance of the season. Second worst passing grade of the season, with the exception of the Miami Dolphins. Another game that we won, but that was one that we won, and we went back and looked at it and said that was not very good. Second worst in terms of pass blocking, uh, you know, I don't know, not great, but maybe like fifth worst receiving. Second worst in terms of run blocking, just bad across the board, with the exception of, uh, you know, running the football, which was decent, it graded out terribly. So I'm not sure Philbin is the an- not you know, and it's 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 not fair to say that necessarily for a guy that just got thrust thrust into it. But again, this this is kind of the situation. The Packers have the talent. They they need somebody that can guide them. I've thrown out Adam GaSe as somebody to consider. I'm going to try to explore this a little bit more. Try to see if I can find a couple other nuggets using this because I've I've done other different things to try to You know, it's like running things through a calculator and seeing what the solution is, right? Different names come out depending on how you tweak things and what you're looking for and this, that, or the other. Because I don't like just being, you know, plain old boring thinking like, oh, what's the big name? LaFleur is the big name. I want LaFleur. Okay, why? Did you look at anything? Well, I mean, the Rams, right? Okay, what happened when he left to the Rams? Well, they're a little bit better, right? What's he doing now? Offensive coordinator for who? Titans. Are they doing good? No. <laughs> okay. Is the offense doing good? No. Did the offense improve? No. Did they get worse? Yeah. A lot worse. Yeah. What are we talking about here? What? What? What is? What is the thought process here? There's got to be more to it than this. Well, he's young and innovative. How do you know that? Well. Well, he's young, okay, and he's innovative. How do do you know that? Well, the Rams, man. First of all, what what does innovative mean? Again, everybody knows the plays. Do you know how to use the plays? Do you know when to call the plays? Do you have any idea? And that's just such a small part of what being a head coach means, or an offensive coordinator for that matter. Okay, your playbook looks crazy, and you use a lot of motion. How does that translate to winning? What do you do in it situationally? How, how do you react to, to first and 10 compared to third and 13? Do you know the difference? What about looking at the, the opponent? How do you prepare for your opponent? How are you at studying and breaking down your opponent and, and coming up with a game plan? How do you react to a defense? Have you have, are, Can you watch? Can you make adjustments mid-game to counter what the defense is doing? Because that's kind of the whole point. I don't care if you have a crazy play, if the defense knows your crazy plays and how to stop them. Right? There's, there's so much to this, and everybody just, well, he's young and innovative. Dude, I'm sorry, man. That is beyond boring. That is beyond boring. You've got to give me something here. I know guys like Vic Fangio don't get you excited. I know guys like Adam Gase don't get you excited. But at some point, you, there has to be a reason. There has to be something. What are we looking for, and who fits the criteria? If I, if I try to figure out which teams are overperforming, which teams are playing better than they should, the Miami Dolphins are at the top of the list. That's all there is to it. If you don't care, fine. If that's not enough, fine. I'm not saying he's the answer. I'm just throwing it out there, and I, I laid out an actual argument for why I think he should be considered, as opposed to, well, he's young and innovative, because yeah, he's 40, so he's pretty young, and he was known as a pretty innovative mind, and he's got a pretty good track record, and even when he doesn't have good track record in terms of you know overall production, if you compare it to the talent, I would say he, he does a good job. So I'm adding him to my list. Do with that what you may. Vic Fangio, I'm adding him to my list. Why? I already explained it. You look at, it's not even so much that they overperform, but it's its a different thing, right? It's its about the growth of the players that are around him. The fact that every year the guys around him get better. That's thats appealing to me. I don't know if that translates to head coach. I don't know if he can do it as a head I don't know that, and I never will. Unless I'm standing right next to him, every single game, and get to hear the game plan, and watch it get executed, and get to talk to people around him, and just understand people saying, wow, this guy is just incredible, then I, I'll never know that. But I can just take what I have, and use what I have, and leave it at that. Unfortunately for us, the Green Bay Packers do have that extra bit of information, and fortunately for us, they're not just, you know, Twitter GMs who are like, I want young and innovative. Alright, well, okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with young and innovative. That's fine. But just just try to find something. Give me one thing that isn't young and innovative. One other thing. And if you say the Rams, I'm just going to throw something at you. You're better than this. Everyone's better than this because this is the worst thing I have ever seen. I had to do it. You know I had to do it. I haven't, I haven't put in an office clip in a long time, all right? So when I have an opportunity, just leave me alone. I love Robert California. Why do they have to add coconut? <laughs> He's so weird. He's so weird. Anyways, um, another team, and it doesn't really help the Packers all that much, but it's something to consider if you want to kind of chase this. I think the Seattle Seahawks need a lot of respect for what they've been doing. I've been talking about their eventual decline for like two years now. And the talent certainly is falling apart because I don't think they're drafting well enough to replace the talent that they're losing. It's not even really a, a, a debatable <laughs> question, but they refuse to die, and they're not the team that they were. I mean, they're they're going to get a wild card spot, and that'll be about it. I don't think anyone expects them to do anything in the NFC because they just can't pull it off. But you know, again, talking about exceeding expectations, what talent do they have? Russell Wilson's a very good quarterback. What else? Who's his top target right now? Tyler Lockett? Whoop dee doo. Chris Carson's a pretty good back, but they don't have an offensive line. I guess it's improved, but it's still not great. Defense is a shell of its former self. Bobby Wagner is is still a freak, but Earl Thomas is out and gone. Who else is there? The Legion of Boom is gone. Everybody's gone. It's Bobby Wagner and a bunch of just kind of meh guys. I mean, you, you take Bobby Wagner out of this team, and you're looking at a team that would just love to have the Packers' defense, and that's not saying very much. But yet, they still produce. The defense plays better than the Packers' defense, despite having less talent. The offense plays better than the Packers' offense, despite having less talent. I know nobody wants to talk about Pete Carroll, but if the Seahawks were to consider firing Pete Carroll, they'd be out of their mind. I think this team doesn't even get to 8-8 eight and eight without Pete Carroll. We can talk about their coordinators if you want, Brian Schottenheimer, and and is their offensive coordinator Ken Norton, their defensive coordinator. But I, I don't think that you're going to find a lot there. Brian Schottenheimer is 45, so you could maybe consider that. But yeah, this is a offensive coordinator for the Jets. You know, maybe you'd have to real really do a deep dive and see if they overperformed from the years of 2006 to 2011. But that's not going to look good on a resume. How about the St. Louis Rams from 2012 to 2014? You want to talk about leaving in shame? The Rams, right? The the team that is now just absolutely dominant after they got rid of their coach and coordinators. Schottenheimer is one of those coordinators. He went on to be the offensive coordinator for Georgia, came back into the NFL as a quarterbacks coach, which is a def- which is a demotion. Then he goes to Seattle and things kind of look okay, not good. Again, the talent is not performing above expectations, but the team is winning, and I'm giving that to the the head coach. And same thing with Ken Norton, the defensive coordinator. He was the defensive coordinator for the Oakland Raiders. So, (laughs) pretty sure when you're the worst defense in the NFL, it's hard to say that you're elevating the talent. I would be willing to bet that the defense is better now without him and without Khalil Mack than they were back then with Khalil Mack. I mean, literally like the worst passing defense in the history of the known universe. So anyways, little nugget there. As far as Pete Carroll, I'm I'm definitely a fan. I know I've, I've talked to some people who are anti-Pete Carroll, some Seahawks fans that think that he's kind of part of the problem and he got lucky with the players and all that. I, I just, at this point, I don't buy it. If you want to talk to me back in the day when they had the Legion of Boom and all that and say that he didn't quite do what he needed to do, fine. But at this point, they are exceeding all expectations. They should not be as good as they are. Since we really don't have time to talk about the Bears, we'll just load up tomorrow. I, just, I want to continue with this train of thought, give you a couple more, and then we'll, we'll get out of here a little bit early again. Second day in a row, I know I'm slacking. Um, you, you could arguably say Dallas is overperforming, but I think it's maybe just a misread of what we're looking at because, again, Pro Football Focus looks at the entirety of the season and then adds it up to where we're at right now. And they were not playing very well at the beginning of the season. So there's a discrepancy between their record and their grade. I think if you look at their grades over the last, I don't know, three or four weeks, since things kind of turned around, since Amari Cooper got on board, um, it would probably be pretty much right on track. Their win record and their performance would be pretty close to on track. Beyond that, you know, um, Jason Garrett isn't going anywhere. There was some talk about him getting fired. That's not happening considering how well they're playing. Their uh, coordinators are Rod Marinelli, who's 70 years old, and Scott Linehan, 55 years old. So um, maybe you could look at him, but um, he, he doesn't have a very good track record either. Uh, offensive coordinator for Dallas these last few years. Offensive coordinator for Detroit, which, I mean, you want to talk about underperforming. I'm sorry, guys, but you all should have had a couple more playoffs mixed in there. I know it's probably not the offense's fault necessarily, but still, nobody's going to look at, ooh, defensive or offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. That's great. The team that couldn't figure out how to make Stafford and Megatron work. Yeah, okay. Before that, head coach to the St. Louis Cardinals, or uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Listen to me go. St. Louis Rams. So, probably not a lot here. All right, I'll tell you what. I'll give you one more prospect, and then we're going to call it. Another one that's somewhat of a deep dive, but how about Mr. Mark Helfrich? He's currently the Bears' offensive coordinator. Now, I know, the Bears' offense isn't very good. Beyond that, there's Matt Nagy. So it becomes sort of a situation where not only is this not a great offense, but if we're going to give credit to somebody, we're going to want to give it to probably Matt Nagy. But it's something to consider. First of all, he's 45, so you got the youth thing going for him. If we're looking at our current formula, which is, you know, are you overperforming? If we look at pro football focus and just order it by offense, the Bears offense is ranked 26th. Now, in yards, they're 22nd. So that is overperforming a little bit, but it's, you know, nothing too crazy. Either way, better than expected, right? Because I'm expecting 26th in points, 22nd in yards, and any deviation is going to tell me what I need to know. However, points, they're 7th. Now, granted, the defense has a lot to do with that as well, Right? Defense gives them good field position, meaning they don't need as many yards to get as many points. Defense is also getting pick sixes, which is points. That still counts as points. But seventh in points and 22nds in yards, regardless of the defense in that situation, is much higher than I would expect for the 26th ranked offense by Pro Football Focus. Right, 26th. So we've got somebody who's familiar with the Bears, which is awesome, right? That's one of the perks of Vic Fangio. He's offensive-minded, which is awesome. The Bears are overperforming a little bit on offense. Again, we can give that to Matt Nagy if we want, but still, if we like the Matt Nagy system, we're looking for young and youthful and innovative. We get that with Helfrich, with the bonus of him being a Bears guy, and prior to this job, he was the Oregon head coach. So he's got head coaching experience. He's a college guy. You want you want young and innovative? We're talking Oregon head coach. Now, it should probably be known that the team deteriorated under him. That's something that's relevant. <laughs> they were 12 and 1 under Chip Kelly. The next year he comes in they go 11 and 2, still a good team. The next year they go 13 and 2, that's pretty good. Then in 2015, 9 and 4, 2016, 4 and 8, 2017, 7 and 6, and then he goes to the pros. Actually, that's a lie. 4 and 8 is when he left. So 2016 they went 4 and 8 and then he left. And then Mario Cristobal came in. They went up to 7 and 6, so they seemed to improve. But whatever. You've got your innovation. You've got your youth. You've got the Bears ties. You've got offense. All the pieces are there and you've got the overperforming aspect. So, I would say he checks a lot of boxes. He not only has the college innovation, but he has the Matt Nagy innovation. Everything's kind of there again. I get it. Oregon wasn't the greatest team when he took over. Bears' offense isn't that great, but I would say that that needs to be on our list. He's on my list. It's a pretty big list at this point, but he's on the list. He's over LeFleur, Let me put it that way. So, anyways, I am uh, a little short on time. I think this was pretty fun. I would probably probably could spend a lot more time doing this and uh, trying to find a few more names. It's going to take some work, though. It's going to you know I'm going to have to order this and and figure out you know, where people rank and then compare it to their production and and, uh, really just do kind of a, you know, who's exceeding more numerically as opposed to kind of just saying, I feel like they're overperforming, which isn't what I did, but just saying I don't want to do that. So plus, again, it's another way to look at things, and I do think that's important. It's not statistically how good are you, it's how good are you compared to how good should you be. How good are you if you're the Rams is cool, but how good should the Rams be? You know, how good should the Steelers be? Again, the Chargers are a great example. Look at the Chargers and say, wow, they really took a step. Eh, they stopped being way worse than they should be. This is this is what they should have been the last two years. But they just never were, and I don't really know. They had a ton of injuries. Still do this year. But still, underperforming, underperforming, finally performing up to their standard based on talent. So I'm not really looking at them. We can if we want. Head coach Anthony Lynn just kind of came on board. So, you know, maybe he's finally unleashing the team. But again, he's, he's more unleashing it than pushing them beyond themselves, if that makes sense. So anyways, that's it. Uh, tomorrow we're going to hit the, bar- the uh, Bears pretty hard. I was planning on doing that today, but there just isn't enough time to pack it in because it's going to be probably an hour worth of talking. So we'll do that tomorrow. Otherwise, you enjoy your Friday. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.